Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Here I am. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be with you. Oh my goodness, what a blessing. Oh, I'm just coming back from a weekend of shooting videos for my Finding Freedom class. And uh, we're just getting our Fall Finding Freedom class started. That's my seven-week spiritual boot camp class. And I have had so much just reminding me of the work that I've done and where I started from and how I feel now and the gigantic difference that doing this work actually makes. I just have so much clarity from uh, teaching Finding Freedom and making these videos. So I am so excited to connect with you today by means of the radio show transcending time and space so let us begin as we always do with a prayer and a blessing let us open our heart and our mind we place our hand on our heart and we declare that we are wholeheartedly available to be the blessing in our life wholeheartedly available to live a life of profound love and healing Forgetting every sense of lack, forgetting every thought of attack, forgetting it all, and remembering the truth that sets us free. So grateful and so thankful to actively choose love. We're choosing to be our true self, which is profoundly loving, which is completely wise, generous, kind, and patient. Fully and completely, we're accepting our blessings, we're being the blessing, and in gratitude, we joyfully allow it to be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, how grateful I am (laughs) that we're doing this together now. Ah, yes, so... Just taking this moment to collect myself and say, what? (laughs) What is going on? So here's what I notice. I notice that right now there are many, many people who are telling me that they are either, excuse me, either they're stressing out, they're freaking out, they're noticing that their relationships are really struggling. They're noticing that they're they're filled with thoughts of not literally filled, but they feel filled with thoughts of lack and attack. And they also are feeling confused. They're feeling af- afraid and upset. They have a sense of uh, recognizing that they feel some poverty conscious they, consciousness. They feel some sense of uh, despair and hopelessness and oh my goodness I sure remember that feeling and I just want to take a breath here if that's how you're feeling so from this awareness I also notice that there are many people in my world who've been in finding freedom with me and who Uh, in the summer and who are now repeating it in the fall or new people in the fall, people who are in masterful living and they are having amazing breakthroughs, amazing breakthroughs. And they are amazed at what they're able to experience in their life and that they're looking back now on the year as we tend to start doing as it gets to mid-November. They're looking back on their life and they're realizing, oh my God, I have changed so much this year. 
a big wow, a big wow for how much I've been able to accomplish this year. And that's actually how I've been feeling. I, it's not about accomplishing things in the world. That for sure doesn't even matter at all. I mean, it really doesn't because the accomplishments that we have in this world, the whole purpose of any of that activity is simply to undo the ego, right? So right now, I'm going to invite you to just think about in the last 10, 11 months, what have you been able to accomplish in the world? Think about that for one moment. Great. And now think about, and for some of you, you, you might be thinking, oh, I haven't accomplished much. And you're feeling guilty and ashamed and you're, you've got attack thoughts directed at yourself because of that. You think, I should have accomplished more. So if that's how you're feeling... Check this out. I think this is so beautiful because this really changed my life. From thoughts of lack and attack to true prosperity. So I used to look at my life and what I accomplished. Often at the end of the year, I would look back and I'd think, I didn't do enough. I wasn't good enough. I set out with high hopes at the beginning of the year and look where I am now and I would start to feel as the days got shorter and shorter and it got darker and darker and it became time to turn within and go into that hibernation phase that winter time is and I would start to feel ashamed depressed disgusted with myself And then what happens is you have time with your family and A, of course, we all know it. You're, you're thinking I've got to buy all these gifts and all this stuff and you're spending more time with your family and then the same resentments and regrets come up for healing, but we don't do anything different. So they actually feel like they're worse and then yay, what a wonderful way to start the new year. So I used to have that experience going on all the time and What I noticed was I was consistently affirming lack and I was consistently choosing thoughts of attack against myself and others because very often what I would do, just the way my experience of the ego was, is I would rather project out the attack on others than have it for myself so literally i couldn't bear to attack myself so i would literally just project it out onto others but underneath all that was simply my own upset with myself now what i didn't know was all of that was only because i was identified with the ego so healing thoughts of lack and attack is extremely helpful for us to look at how we can do it and why we would do it. Because I, I, just, I would experience over and over again that at the end of the year, I was thinking, I, I didn't make more money this year. I wasn't more prosperous this year. I didn't pay off my debts this year. I'm in greater debt this year. All of that thinking. So then I would start thinking these thoughts of lack and attack in September, October, early November. And then as I'm moving towards Christmas and I'm spending more and more on Christmas presents and things like that and travel to be with my family, increasing my expenses, increasing my debt, giving me a greater sense of lack. So I didn't see it then. I didn't know... Even though I was studying these these books and these principles, spiritual principles, science of mind and the unity teachings and all kinds of new thought teachings, even though I was really studying, 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 I wasn't making a study of my life. And I wasn't paying attention to what I was thinking on a deeper level on a higher level, on a wider level. And I for sure was not doing the deep work. 
and the ego was driving my spiritual practice. So these thoughts of lack that I would start to really energize towards the end of the year would create an even greater sense of lack towards the end of the year, the very end of the year. And that's what I would start the new year with and energize it some more. This is how the ego keeps us stuck like flypaper. This is how the ego does it. And when we're identified with the ego, we actually claim that it's our thinking, it's our belief system, but it's really not. It's the thought system of the ego. It is the belief system of the ego. And we can unhook from it. We can disconnect from it. But first, we have to realize and recognize that it's not our thought system. It's not our thought system. Right? So let us recognize that right now. These are not my thoughts. Let's take a breath on that. So what I invite you to do is just... Give it a thought for a few minutes. If you've got a pen and a paper, I invite you to consider what are the major areas in your life where you are choosing to energize lack. Where are you choosing to energize lack? Is it in your relationships? Is it in your finances? Is it in your physical appearance are you thinking that you've got too much weight your weight is abundant or there's something wrong with your body what's going on (laughs) how are you holding these lack thoughts in your mind because all thought produces form at some level there are no idle thoughts so right now is the perfect time for us to Clear away the clutter in our mind because no one else can do this for us and we can do it. Now, what I also remember is I had a great sense of inadequacy. I had a tremendous sense of doubt. So check this out. When What I remember so very clearly is I would have these thoughts that like... And see if you do this too. I would have these thoughts. I'm not going to eat any more of those. I'm not going to eat any more of those cookies or those brownies or whatever it is. I'm not going to eat any more of that. It might be, you know, I'm never going to buy that again. I'm never going to do that again. And for me, particularly even what I remember was when I was training to be a science of mind practitioner at the Agape International Spiritual Center studying with Michael Beckwith, I would literally, and this is after years of study and years of dedicated practice, I would still, after my practitioner classes, be so triggered in that releasing the ego identification that on the way home from class, I would literally stop and pick up a pack of cigarettes, a six-pack of beer, a bottle of wine, something. And I would come home and, and like, I would get a, bo- a bag of popcorn or something like that. Every possible self-medication <laughs> thing that I could think of. And I would come home and I would, you know, drink the the alcohol and smoke the cigarettes and eat the snacks while watching TV, zoning out on TV. And inevitably, I would stay up too late. And it was like I was intent. uh, I know I was intent. The ego was intent on drowning my awareness. So I spent the entire evening awakening my awareness in my practitioner training classes. And then I would come home and spend the rest of the evening drowning it out. Self-sabotage is for the purpose of slowing you down. That's the purpose of it. It's slowing down your spiritual growth. It's helping you to re-identify with the ego. So the more 
attention you put on unhooking the ego, the more attracted you will be to self-medication and self-sabotage because that's how the ego keeps us stuck like flypaper, keeps us on that hamster wheel. Because I don't know about you, but this is what would happen to me. I would go into that self-sabotage and that self-medication and while I was doing it, I was so intent on numbing myself and at the same time feeling guilty and ashamed. Always did it alone, never told anybody, kept it hidden, kept it hidden. I never the next day called up my prayer partner and said, oh, last night after class, I got drunk and I smoked uh, half a pack of cigarettes. And I woke up this morning and I felt trashed, totally trashed. All that salt, that alcohol, no water, and uh, the the cigarettes, I feel like hell. I feel like I'm torturing myself. And, of course, what would happen? I would feel so guilty and so ashamed. I couldn't even talk about it. couldn't tell anyone. So what does that do? That reaffirms I'm doing something wrong. I'm a bad person. I'm never going to get real spiritual. I'm such a loser. And so then, of course, what is the conclusion? I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to awaken. But I was committed. I was committed to awakening. And I also was committed to keeping up appearances. So the ego was actually driving my spiritual practices and being in the classes. Because I got a whole lot of ego strokes for being in the practitioner training at Agape. And I would get it all over the place. So people would say, ooh, you're an agape practitioner. Oh, you're studying with Michael Beckwith. Oh, you're so special. Look at you, special spiritual girl. And I really, I ate that up. And I definitely promoted that. And I would puff myself up for it. And then, of course, on, a, on some level of my awareness, I knew I was doing all the opposite of undoing the ego, completely the opposite. And yet I was pretending to be so dang spiritual. And I talk about this now because I call it out because I know, I know what it feels like. It feels like hell. It feels like a hellish hamster wheel. And how are you ever going to get off it? Oh my goodness. I was so desperate to get off it but I didn't even know it was really possible because here I am I'm in the practitioner training here I am I'm doing all this deep work and even in the ministerial classes that some of that behavior still lingered it was diminishing but it was still there and when I was in the practitioner training it was all up it was totally triggered this is what I notice right now. So many people are getting really, really triggered in all these ego habits and patterns of lack and attack and limitation and separation <clears throat> tensely coming up for so many people. It's so profound what's going on. And we think that of all that stuff is coming up that there's something wrong with us. That we're doing something wrong and that we're not in the right class. We're not in the right program. We're not doing the right things. It's not true, my friend. If you're feeling like a hopeless, desperate loser, or even if you just have some judgments, some thoughts of lack and attack against yourself, no matter where you are in this healing process, know this. You're in a healing process. You are. It's coming up for healing. So when all those thoughts of lack and attack come up, it does not mean that you're wrong and bad or even that you're making a mistake. The error is believing it. The error is not that it's coming up. It's coming up for your healing. So let us choose that healing. Let us recognize it. Let us not pretend to be more spiritual than we are. That is only giving the ego more fuel for the fire. 
Let us be truthful with ourselves and others. There's no shame in things coming up for healing. It's a benefit of doing the spiritual work. Yes, yes, yes. Let us be so grateful that our stuff is coming up. That's what I finally learned. And it took me so many years to finally figure it out. Then when the stuff is coming up and it's in our face, it's coming up for healing, and that's a good thing. So it's time for me to go to a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. And on this break, if you're interested, you can still join my Finding Freedom class. We're just getting started. Go to JenniferHadley.com. Click on the Finding Freedom ad there on the home page. You're listening to online radio at Unity. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. All right. So, telling the truth. Woohoo! Telling the truth on Tuesday. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I was so thick and stuck in that muck and that mire. What I literally remember is this. See if you can relate to this. I, well, first of all, let me say that. Again, the Finding Freedom class, we're just getting started. People will be joining us every week in the class. You can go at your own place, pace, listening to the audios, watching the videos, uh, getting the transcripts, working the workbook. I have a nearly 400-page workbook. And, you know, I have to say, I want to give a shout-out to everybody who's in Finding Freedom right now because oh, I know everybody's working at their own pace but your sharing in the class is so beautiful. In the in our chat group is so beautiful. It's so inspiring to me. I feel so blessed to hear how in just a few days of people starting to work these principles and tools that I share in my Finding Freedom class, that they're having absolute breakthroughs. I also want to give a heads up to everybody. I'll be putting it out on Facebook and I'll be putting it out on my daily Spiritual Espresso, my daily blog of prayer and inspiration, which you can sign up for at jenniferhadley.com. I'm doing a free call on Saturday and I'm not going to tell you what the topic is yet, but it's going to be a great, I can't wait to share with you. So I love to do my free calls. And right now, if you go to the Finding Freedom page, just you can look at the class information. You can register now. But you can also still get my number one tip for spiritual success. But that's going to go away in just a minute because we're going to be putting up uh, the next free call, which is going to be on Saturday. So... Uh, anyway, so what I can tell you is that our, our energetic being, so if you think of the chakras and our energetic being, all of these things are an out picturing of our consciousness. So all thought produces form at some level. There are no idle thoughts. And so our thoughts are literally com- uh, expressing into form in the form of our chakras and the health of our chakras and the health of our physical body and all of these things. This is why A Course in Miracles teaches us all healing is at the level of the mind because it's our thought combined with our belief that creates the form of our experience, which creates our emotional experience, our physical experience our mental experience our perceptions all of it is created by the combination of our thought plus our belief and there's no escaping that in this world so the only way to happiness in this world is to eliminate the belief system completely align with the truth 
And then our thoughts are of truth. So the only thing that we experience is that we are the perfect givers and receivers of love. And that giving and receiving of love energetically happens in our heart chakra. And so if we have no beliefs, and you can call them false beliefs or not, but we don't need any beliefs. We have the truth. We just live in alignment with the truth. Forget all the beliefs. All the beliefs are a a degradation of the truth. So just let's get rid of all the beliefs. So when we're totally aligned with the truth, literally in our heart, heaven meets right there. In our heart is where the kingdom is. In our heart, in our loving heart, is the very location of the new heaven and the new earth. Right there in our heart. And we are designed to be the perfect givers and receivers of love. That's what we're designed to be. And so when we have a thought of lack or a thought of attack, so a thought, I'm not good enough, a thought, something's wrong with me, these are thoughts of lack and attack, then what happens is it interrupts that perfect flow of giving and receiving in our heart. It disrupts the balance, which is why we cannot be at peace if we're giving ourselves permission to believe thoughts of lack and attack. If we believe in lack and attack, we're literally going to magnetize into our awareness thoughts of lack and attack. And we will think that they are true. But they are not our thoughts unless we believe that they're true. So you can see the circle, the hamster wheel there. If you have a belief that you're not good enough, you're going to magnetize into your awareness thoughts that you're not good enough. You're going to be interested in thinking them and choose them and believe, energize them with your belief again. And then, of course, your experience in the world of form is going to be an outpicturing of your belief system and what you're thinking about. What you think about, you bring about. What you think about is a reflection of your belief system. So what happens is all of that negativity that you believe and you're energizing, it's in your heart that you're holding it, those beliefs. And so that disrupts the perfect flow of giving and receiving love. And then what happens, and I, I learned this through my own experience, my own pain and suffering. But what I would begin to experience is the thoughts, I'm not good. I, I had the belief something's wrong with me. And so then I would magnetize into my awareness, I'm not good enough. I'm bad. I can't do this. I can't be that spiritual. So that's why I would go to the drinking, the smoking, the eating, the trashing myself, the sabotaging myself, the self-medication. Literally to prove it to myself that it wasn't true, to prove what I believed that it was my beliefs were true. I would prove it to myself. I would gather the evidence that it was true through demonstrating it by behaving like what I thought was a loser. I didn't recognize that what was happening was these false beliefs, these patterns of lack and attack were coming up for healing. I didn't know that. And because I didn't know that, I had a very slow, long, many years of arduous, painful healing. So now it's quickening, and I I don't do that anymore. I don't have that experience anymore. (laughs) I'm so grateful, too. But it it was many, many years of slowly undoing those belief systems and those 
patterns of lack and attack in my own experience. And what I remember so clearly, and you may be familiar with this too, what I remember so clearly is literally sitting in that cesspool of thinking and beliefs where I'm literally, I've got, I'm drinking the alcohol, I'm smoking the cigarettes, I'm eating the crunchy, salty food or whatever it is that you particular like, you know, I'd go through phases where it would be, I wanted creamy things and, you know, we just have sweet, sweet things, salty things. We go through different phases depending on the emotions that we're processing, believe it or not. And so in all of that, what I experienced was this whole energetic, this dynamic where I would literally start to feel myself caught in a whirlpool, caught in a whirlpool. Sometimes it was kind of like quicksand, but it felt more like a whirlpool. And literally that whirlpool energy was happening in my heart. Because through my spiritual work and studies, through attending my spiritual classes, I would start to feel more and more like the perfect giver and receiver of love. And then I would start to uncover these beliefs of lack and attack. And I would get attracted by the ego saying, you don't have to be that good. For God's sakes, girl, you don't have to be that good. You can't be that perfect. You're a rebel. For God's sakes, get some cigarettes. Get some wine. Let those people know you're not going to be that good. And, of course, doing it in secret, secret rebel, secret <laughs> thoughts of lack and attack. And so in that whirlpool experience, then I would affirm the false beliefs about my not being good enough, all of that. I would literally prove it to myself. And in that whirlpool quicksand feeling, I remember so clearly there would come a point where I would say, I tried. Literally, in my mind, I would be saying, I tried. I tried to be good. Tell them. Somebody, please, tell them. Let them know. I tried. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't hold to being totally loving, totally good. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I'm not that good. I tried. Please let them know that I tried. And I would kind of feel like I was saying, just put it on my tombstone. She really did try, but she just couldn't do it. So that's why when I started to get more lift off and I made a commitment to do this work and to not judge the quality of my doing it, I heard that phrase Larry the cable guy when he said let's get her done because I decided that's me I'm going to get her done and what they can put on my tombstone at the end of my days is got her did got her did so one of the greatest most detrimental thoughts of lack and attack is that you can't do it you can't do it I can't do it. This can't be done by me. It's too hard. And so what I share in my Finding Freedom class, in my Masterful Living class, tools, tips, techniques, actual steps you can do so you can literally prove to yourself, I am doing it. It is being done by me. I am one with the one and we're getting it done. I love that. I have to write that down. I'm one with the one and um, get, we're getting it done. <laughs> yes. Because it's true. It's true. I didn't know when I was in that space of 
constantly cycling through the self-sabotage and the self-medication, I didn't know at that time that everything was coming up for healing. And even though I would move into self-medication and get back on that in that whirlpool, that hamster wheel, that flypaper experience, nonetheless, I was still healing. Because even through my drunken, miserable, toxic haze, I was having a realization. You know why? Because I was praying every day. I was praying every day. And I was still making time for spiritual practice and having more spiritual practice every day. A drop in the bucket is still a drop in the bucket. And even if it takes you 10 years, if you put one drop in the bucket, 365 days a year for 10 years, you're going to have a bucket of water. And that's what I learned. And that's what I teach in my classes. That's why in Finding Freedom, people realize, oh my God, I can actually do this. Wait a minute, I am doing this. It is being done by me and it's happening now. I've never been more excited about teaching than I am right now. I've never been more excited about sharing than I am right now because I've never had more clarity than I have right now. I've never had more clarity that we can do this. We are doing this. It is happening now. And this is what I'm seeing with so many people in Masterful Living, my year-long course. So uh, I have people who've been in Masterful Living course studies with me for years and talking with some of them over the weekend it's just so beautiful and amazing how much healing that we can call forth accept and receive in our own life and we started from a place of total unworthiness i mean i really started from a place of thinking i am the worst kind of spiritual loser because think of it here i am i'm in the practitioner studies and i'm presenting this false self to the world presenting this this person well it's not even that it was a false self it was i believed i was false and fake i believed that somehow falling down and getting up wasn't part of the journey it meant i was doing something wrong i shouldn't be having stuff come up for healing in that way and part of why I felt all of that was because I didn't hear people actively talking about it. So I just kept my experience hidden. I was ashamed of it. And it's so important for us not to make it even more intense by shaming ourselves. Let us come out of the closet as being spiritual students who are working through stuff. For God's sakes, I mean, imagine the Buddha, right? And look look at the things that he went through for years and years. He didn't just take a class or read a book and suddenly he's enlightened. He really struggled. He really worked at it. I mean, how long was it that he went eating one grain of rice a day? Trying to somehow attain enlightenment by going to that ego extreme. We all have our own particular experience of the path and the journey. Let us not label any of it. That's what the ego does. Let us instead claim our magnificence and say, I am doing it. It is being done by me. I am one with the one and we're getting it done. Because that's the truth of it. When stuff comes up for healing and you feel like you collapse into self-sabotage and self-medication, it may be the very last time that you ever do that. And you can say, I'd love for this to be the last time. Higher self, holy self, show me how to make this the last time that I ever do it. And if it's not the last time, then there's something more for me to learn about it. Let me not judge my experience of learning every single one of us goes through relationship experiences where we're difficult and maybe we're mean maybe we're cruel to other people to ourselves this is how we learn let us 
recognize that we are waking up through all of these experiences we're still waking up it does not mean we're failing not at all let us go into the darkest day of the year with the greatest amount of light in our heart and in our mind we are doing this we're doing it together we are doing it it's happening now I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I'm inviting you to please come to my website, jenniferhadley.com. If listening to what I'm sharing with you makes any sense, finding freedom might be right for you now. I have so many free things, too. There's my Masterful Living class, which starts January 1st. Next year, greatest year of my life. It can be the greatest year of your life, too, with or without me. But... If there's something in what I'm sharing that resonates with you, please come check out jenniferhadley.com. It might be that one of my classes offers you a spiritual practice that you can stick to and really live. We're living A Course in Miracles. We're doing it together on Unity Online Radio. And I'll be right back. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today, as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're back, and I am one with the one, and I am getting it done. I love this section. We were talking about this not a few weeks ago in The Little Willingness, chapter 18 of the text, where it says in paragraph 5, I love this, in preparation for the holy instant, Do not attempt to make yourself holy to be ready to receive it. That is but to confuse your role with God's. I love this, then the prayer. Rather than to seek 
to prepare yourself for him, try to think thus. So here's our prayer. I, who am host to God, am worthy of him. He who established his dwelling place in me created it as he would have it be. It is not needful that I make it ready for him, but only that I do not interfere with his plan to restore to me my own awareness of my readiness, which is eternal. I need add nothing to his plan, but to receive it, I must be willing not to substitute my own plan in place of it. So that's the bottom of 381 in my version of the text. Do not attempt to make yourself holy to be ready to receive it. And this was one of the greatest realizations that helped me release the habits of lack and attack. My friend, I must share this with you. I so was entrenched in that belief that I had to make myself holy. It's so thick in our spiritual communities, in our spiritual world, isn't it? So thick that we have to make ourselves holy. What? No, we don't. No, we don't have to make ourselves holy. Because you know what? This is the ego's approach to spiritual practice. Make yourself holy. And then what happens is you're in meditation, you're in contemplation, you're in prayer, you're living your life. And what does the ego say to you over and over again? Hey, you're not so holy. You're not so holy. And I remember this. I remember there was a fear in our practitioner class, in our ministerial class, of graduating and being uh, officially licensed as a practitioner and a minister because then people would look at us and go, she ain't so holy. I know her story. I've seen, I've seen her. Have you seen what she's done? Have you heard what she has said? She's not so holy. So this is just the way the ego binds us to that thought system. We don't have to make ourselves holy. Now, here's why. We're already holy. You can't get any holier than what we already are. The belief that we're not holy gets energized by the ego when we look at ourselves and say, you're not holy. Only people who have a belief that they're not holy are judging their holiness and the holiness of others. When you know that you're already perfect, whole, complete, and holy, you will not judge your holiness or the judge judge others' holiness. So remember, if you give yourself permission to agree with thoughts of lack and attack, it strengthens that belief system. So when you have a meltdown because of thinking thoughts of lack and attack. And a meltdown for me was going into this incredible attack of self-medication, self-sabotage. When those things happen, it actually is bringing it into your awareness for healing. So it might seem that you're energizing greater thoughts of lack and attack and you're on that hamster wheel. But that hamster wheel of suffering, that whirlpool of suffering... Eventually, you'll get tired of suffering, and you'll do it differently. So the pain is literally motivation for you to do it differently. And so when you are in those experiences of tremendous self-sabotage and self-medication, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. There is something wrong with your thinking. Your belief system is incorrect. It is not true. It is completely false. And when we have false beliefs, we will magnetize into our awareness thoughts of lack and attack. And if we are really identified with the ego, we will believe that those thoughts of lack and attack are true because they are congruent with our belief system. So where we work is at the level of the mind. 
The thought appears in our mind, I'm not good enough. We tell it the truth. The antidote is the truth every time. There's no other antidote. We don't need another antidote. And the truth is, I'm already holy. I am already holy. I am already the Christ presence. I'm already there. And the only reason that I think I'm not there is because I believe I'm not there. The belief comes before the thought. We magnetize into our awareness the thoughts congruent with our belief system. This is why in my classes and in A Course in Miracles, which I base everything on A Course in Miracles, our beliefs are where we work. We go to that core belief in separation and we work right there because then every other false belief that's predicated on that belief in separation has to come tumbling down. It's the fastest way to work. That's what Jesus tells us at the beginning of A Course in Miracles. It's not the only path to awakening, but it is the fastest. So when your stuff is coming up for healing, that's good. Be grateful. When you can be grateful that your stuff is in your face, oh, my friend, you're on the fast track. There's no doubt about it. I'm Jennifer Hadley. I'm inviting you to check out jenniferhadley.com and see if you're ready to get into a spiritual boot camp or a year-long class and heal the poverty consciousness. Heal the giving yourself permission to go into lack and tech. Give yourself the chance to heal that belief. I know everything even though I don't live as though I do. Oh my goodness, that was a big one for me. So we take this breath of gratitude with our hand on our heart and we declare, I am one with the one and I am getting it done. That is my prayer. That is the truth. And I know it for myself and everyone else because I'm one with them. Thank God for the oneness. Yeehaw, I'm already holy. (laughs) And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Have a great week, and remember, you can get all these shows at iTunes. Just search for Jennifer Hadley at iTunes, and you can get them all. Love you.